0: and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you and on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. We're going to dive straight into it tonight because I'm I'm aware that Guzman's calling and... uh... Don't want to get in the road of a mad Mexicano. So I'm just going to get it out there and we're going to dive into it. Because I felt like I had an assignment today and we started this morning. This is your year of restoration, which is the, the, the beautiful thing of, of us even being with you this weekend is God spoke that to us regarding our local church Hope Center for 2022 and begin to prophesy over it and, and declare that this will be a year of restoration and your pastors and us we just seem to be on the same page we're hearing what the holy spirit's saying to us and we're applying it and this morning we're in our in our Discussion from the book of Ezekiel, we began to look at how God wants us to take His Word and speak it to change situations. Too often situations speak to us, but it's time to flip the script and begin to speak back in the name of Jesus. But tonight I, I, uh, I want to link what we spoke about tonight, which was far more external to us, and I want to bring it right inside. Because tonight I want to talk to you about you in your, your year. Of restoration, <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure on your generation. As Alyssa just said, I, I led a thing called Youth Alive. I'm now in charge of a new ministry called Barely Alive. <clears throat> True story. And uh, I've I've watched generations. We led for we led youth ministries for 20 years, and we watched all those young people come through and all that sort of stuff, but I've never seen a generation with more pressure on it than yours. And, and I want to speak into something tonight where you guys are pressured, your peers, your friends are pressured. We're going to put on the screen for you tonight one verse and then we're going to dive in. One verse from Colossians 2 and verse 10. It says, And you are complete. Say complete. complete. You are complete in Him, who's the head of all principalities and powers. You are complete right now. Society's telling you, you'll be complete when you get a partner. Society tells you, you'll be complete when you get stuff, when you get qualified. Society tells you, you'll be complete when you get approval. Society tells you you'll be complete when you've got a certain amount of followers on your social media platform. But hey, I am here tonight. I want a megaphone to declare you already, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are already complete in Him, full stop. I've met too many people that are in love. Let me tell you, they're more in love with the idea of marriage than they are even in love with people. Because they've been told, you know, a a real relationship is 50-50. No, it's not. Don't be a 50 percent person that finds another 50 percent person. That will end up in boringsville or a catastrophe. Don't even get married. Don't even look for a partner in life. Don't let the Lord bring them into your life until you are complete. You're 100. You are right now the person He wants you to be. And He's going to take you now and restore the broken bits and take you into a magnificent new season if you allow him. Have you ever met somebody that doesn't quite know who they are? It's really awkward. <laughs> Lynn and I went, my sister had, had a birthday party. It was one of those big ones with a zero on the end. And uh, I can talk about it. I'm four years older than it, so it doesn't matter. And And they decided she turned 50, okay. And so... <laughs> It'll happen to you. You just keep getting up every morning. It'll happen, all right? You, you don't think, you think you're going to be cool in 22 for the rest of your life. No, no. See this? It happens. All right. It's okay. So so because it was a 50th, they decided to have a 50s theme. You know, the, the 50s cars, they had old hot rods. It was really cool. They they dressed that way. I'm not big on dress-ups, but um, I kind of did it. Uh, and, and they had all this cool stuff. And and. Just to add to the whole flavor of the night, they got an Elvis impersonator. I met one of your people, one of my dear friends in the church this morning, who's named his son Presley, so he would get this. This Elvis impersonator walked like Elvis. He talked like Elvis. He'd say, thank you very much. He dressed like Elvis. He had a hairdo like Elvis. And, and he sung songs. And he did three or four, and I thought, well, that was pretty cool. He's not bad. And I thought that was the end of it. No, no. He went and he got changed and he came back and did another set. And then did another one. And then by the third or fourth set, I said to Lynn, everybody in this room knows he's not Elvis, except him. It's just weird. When people are trying to be someone they're not. When people are trying to be the person that that group needs them to be. The group needed him to be Elvis. Some of you live in groups that they are wanting you to be somebody you're not. You right now have to be the you that God created you to be. I love what King David said. King David. He said The Bible says of him, records of him in the book of Acts, it says he served his generation according to the will of God. Anybody want that written on the tombstone? He, th- this is what it says of him. He, he wakes up one day and he declares in Psalm 139, verse 14, a great verse to memorise. David said, I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Awesome are your works, O God. This is what he says, and my soul knows very well. Try that tomorrow in front of the mirror. Wear a towel <laughs> and say, You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Awesome are your works, oh God. And my soul, the seed of my emotions, I'm emotionally whole because I'm confident that I'm the person you wanted me to be. My identity. But we, when we live in the tension between what the world wants us to be and who God created us to be, there is an argument. And I wanted tonight to speak into the argument because here's what God is wanting to do to his church. He's wanting the church itself to awaken to who we are and the mission we've been given. But in the church, each of us are members of this church called the body of Christ. He wants each one of us, especially your generation, to shake off the pressures to say no to the external voices that are trying to make you and mold you into something you're not meant to be and step into your true identity in Christ. You see, thank you to both of you just then. That was very powerful, very affirming. Ever been in that, that people, I don't know if I should clap then, so I'll do one. And someone over there might join me. We just had that moment. It was very powerful. See, an argument, an argument is a clash of opinion or perspective. An argument. Lynn and I have been married, ready for this, now you're going to know we're old. Lynn and I have been married on June 26, this year, 40 years. Every time I say that, Lynn, they go, wow, And, and you still walk quite freely. Look at you, 40 years. Obviously, I married Lynn when she was extremely young. 40 years we've never had an argument (laughs) we've had some very animated discussions it's the key an argument there is an argument on the planet at the moment and it's truth that's being attacked by lies there is a battle for truth on the planet And people today would prefer to settle and park on opinion rather than truth. And opinion's been weaponized. And opinion is hurting people. And it's hurting the human race. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And he dived into this whole space. And and I want to set a platform. Have you got a few minutes tonight? Because I actually really feel like we can shift something in our own hearts. Okay, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10. He, he, Paul begins to talk about the spiritual dimensions of arguments. He wants to show us how they're played out. He says in 2 Corinthians 3, uh, sorry, 10, verse 3, he says, Though we live in the world, that's us, correct? Yeah. We do not wage war as the world does. Yes. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Yes. On the contrary, they have divine power. To demolish strongholds. Well, he started talking about arguments. Now we're talking about strongholds. Interesting. Verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You see, there's been a lot of preaching and teaching over the years and some of you have been in church long enough to hear a lot of preaching or read books or seen videos on spiritual warfare and, and people naming spirits in certain areas and communities. I get it, I'm not against it, but let me tell you, I've been on the planet, and I've been walking with Jesus long enough to discover where the greatest spiritual warfare is. It's not out there, it's not in some idol, it's not in some jungle or village. The greatest spiritual warfare known to man is between our ears. And that's where the arguments are, and arguments become strongholds. It starts with a clash of truth versus lie. When one gives way, a stronghold is created. So I want to repeat something I said to this morning's congregation, to a lot of us tonight. Read your Bible. The Bible doesn't contain truth, it is truth. And truth sets you free. If you tell me the ratio of how much time you spend on social media compared to how much time you read your Bible, I will tell you the level of joy you have, the level of peace you have, your levels of faith and hunger for God. And ultimately, I'll tell you the level of victory you have as a follower of Jesus. So, so if I have one mission it's to call the church the followers of Jesus to be people who not only love the bible talk about the bible but just read it read it see who I, who i listen to what goes in my ear and into my heart and therefore what i repeat you see because out of the abundance of the heart the ma- see what's in you get a tomato put pressure on it what what's in comes out right so, so what comes in will eventually come out and if I'm not careful, I begin to speak things that aren't truth and then arguments happen and, and I live a confused life. So let me take the front of the Bible. We're going to go on a journey then we're going to wrap it up. Having said that, in Genesis chapter 2, God entrusted Adam with a very significant responsibility. You'll read it in verse 19. It was actually naming The animals. Now the Lord, it says in verse 19, had formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man, to the man, to see what he would name them. And whatever, say whatever. Whatever he called each living creature, that was its name. Some versions say, and whatever he called it, that's what they were. See, Pastor Brad is my friend. And when I call him friend, he he not only is a friend, but I actually strengthen that relationship. But I can call him an enemy. And what I call him, he becomes. See, what you allow to name you defines you. And arguments begin. Whatever he called them, every animal, elephant, rhino, hippo, dog, cat, why are you even bother with the cats? I still don't know, but that's another issue. How many, people in the, how many people in this room love cats? Just raise your hand. We are having an altar call for you later. Who, who, okay, let's have a little quick, 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 quick poll. Dogs or cats? Dogs? Cats? We love you still in Jesus' name. My, my, my problem's an allergy, and so we'll just move on real quick. When I was a little boy, my dad brought home for us a dog. He so thought, this kid needs a friend. Bought me a dog. Fox Terry with brown spots on it. He said, son, I'm going to let you call it whatever you want. It, whatever you name it. I looked at this thing. I said, you know what I called it? Spotty. Yeah. Insightful. And then... Scotty went to heaven. He Used to follow my neighbors to the Catholic Church and one day he he tried to race the Fernie Grove train across the lines and went bang straight to heaven. So so the I'm, Ready, ready? Okay. So then they replaced Spotty with a, a Scotch terrier and I looked at him and said, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him Scotty. I only had to change one letter on the tent on the kennel. It was pretty easy. So that's what he was. I was telling my friends about about naming my my animals and and one of them said, I I had a cat once, it was called Sifa, Sifa cat, true story, that's a true story, had a dog and you know what the dog's name was? Difa, Difa. exactly, very powerful, whatever you call them, we have the right to define things, you see, there's something in a name, sporting teams know that. They know it's a declaration of who they feel they are. It's a declaration of their identity and it's a declaration that says to the opposition, to the enemy, you need to be careful of us because we're the lions, we're the bulls, we're the sharks. Whatever. (laughs) See, I'm fairly interested in sport. I'm very interested in sport. I've never once heard of the snails winning a championship because there's something in a name. There's something in a name It defines us. When I was born, my parents looked at this little bundle of joy and said, and he shall be called Wayne. I grew up wondering what that meant because I didn't know anybody else called Wayne. And one day, Lynn bought a a little book with all the babies' names and their meanings because there was one of our boys was on his way. And I I picked it up and I went to the back, W-A-Y-N-E. My name means wagon maker. (laughs) Powerful, very, very powerful. Uh, Please don't come and bring me a prophecy that God wants me to carry a lot of load. I, I get it, all that. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. God bless you. You see, you see the difference between animals and you and I. Animals are stuck with what we call them, yeah. Yeah. but you, you and I can reject what people say of us and to us. We have the ability to reject and eject. Yeah. No. Yeah. How many like a good movie? Yeah. Really good movies. One of my favourite all-time film series, the Born series. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Jason Bourne, this CIA operative that was taken and and, and given all kinds of new skills. and, and, And it was just incredible. But as part of the process, they changed his name and his identity. And this whole series, though he does some pretty cool things, there's a wrestle. Because they're calling him Jason Bourne, but he knows it's not Jason Bourne. There's a tension. There's an argument in his soul. He's, he, he's not happy. He knows what people are calling him, but he goes, it's not my name. It's not who I am. The, the world's saying this, the authorities, the, 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 there's even stuff written down that says I'm Jason Bourne, but I know I'm not. Yeah, wow. yeah. And before we get to the end of that series, we diso- decide that, and discover that he, he finds out that his name is actually David Webb. And there's a peace that comes. When I just I now know who I am. Don't let the wrong voices define you. So important for your generation. In a, me, a media-filled, social media crazy world. I don't know about you, but the last couple of weeks there's been this new ad from Dove Soaps. I, I'm, I'm into self-care, as you can see. <laughs> So I take a lot of interest. Dove Soap are so concerned with social media and the damage it's doing to young women. They've actually got support systems on on platforms, digital platforms to help them. This is a secular company getting concerned about young people having their identity warped by external pressures. Don't let the wrong voices name you. It's a classic example of what I'm sharing with you tonight and soon we'll land this. God gave Adam the right to name the animals. In the Old Testament, we come through into the New Testament, and there's a classic example of, of how this affects a human and what God, how important this is to God. In Luke chapter 1, in the time of King Herod, it says in verse 5, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priest of the division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. These people were were, were preachers' kids. They they grew up in church. And both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Zechariah and Elizabeth, let's use our language, grew up in church. Heard about God, but they didn't quite get this important concept. There was a tension that arises. You're going to see it in a moment. Because Zechariah had a religious understanding, but he didn't believe the word of God. Verse 11. So one day he's there and an angel of the Lord appears to him. Standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah. I love the fact that every time an angel turns up in the Bible, don't be afraid. Like, right. Anyway. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your Your hair. Your prayer. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you will call him what? That's important. You will call him John, God was about to do a new thing. Up until that point in time, we're under the old covenant. Lots of laws, priests, humans, normal people like you and I can't get to the presence of God. We need somebody to go and do our bidding for us, etc., etc., etc. God's about to do a brand new thing. We're about to come into a new covenant. We're about to come into a, a whole new understanding. The whole world can connect with the presence of God because of the Son of God whose name is... whose name is I like Horizon Church. You're a little confused, but you're loving. His name was Jesus. God was about to bring salvation to the whole planet. God was about to send His Son in human form to die for the whole world. Up until then, sheep and goats and bulls and animals of all kinds were dying so that our sin could be covered. But Jesus was gonna come, salvation for all, power of sin broken. We could all access the presence of God. It was an amazing day. But before Jesus, there was gonna come John. Now here's the interesting thing. Why did God tell His parents to name this boy John? Because John means the Lord is gracious. Here's the deal. Grace comes before salvation. So Elisha, sorry, Zechariah was told, you are to make a declaration. You are to define your son. You are to speak over him. You are to give him that identity. He, wherever he goes, what's your name? The Lord is gracious. I am going, the Bible. The Bible tells me that John's job was to prepare the way of the Lord. Grace was going before Jesus, which means salvation. Grace always goes before salvation. Up until then it was law, law, law. But now grace was coming. And Zechariah, you have to speak. And declare his name is John. And Zechariah asks the angel in verse verse 18, How can I be sure of this? I love this. You're gonna see Zechariah's classy. He says, I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. He says, I'm old. He didn't call her old, he said, She's just well along in years. <laughs> Got a few K's on the clock. And the angel said, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now, catch this, this is how important this is to God. This is important. Your identity in Christ is so important. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because, Whoa, you're a good guy, Zach, but you've got no faith. You haven't got the word of the Lord happening. You're not sensitive to what I'm doing in this moment. And it's because you did not believe my words, which will come through at their appointed time. God had no option but to strike him mute. Because if you're not going to say what God is saying about the identity of the next generation, you've got nothing to say. i got to shut you down, Zechariah. Because Zechariah, if I... You might be under pressure right now. This season has been tough. You might call your son disappointment, failure. You might call him all kinds of negative things and speak that into the atmosphere. I'm not going to let you do that because every time he, want, I, he opens his mouth, I want him to declare the Lord is gracious. That's his idea. He's, he's going to walk and carry grace. Huh. Maybe it's time you shut some voices down too. Maybe it's time that you start recognising that there have been voices over your life, over your family, over your church, over your future. And you say, listen, I'm sorry, but but in my life, in this season, you've got nothing to say. Because it conflicts, there's an argument, because it conflicts with truth. It doesn't match up with what the Bible says about me. So I've got to shut that voice down. Some of us have listened too long to statements like, good things never to happen to people like you. Oh, that's That family has it, but not your family. So, some of you have heard things like, you, you'll never get over that. That's a lie. We, some of us have heard, well, you're not loved. You'll always be like this. Some of us have heard that, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll get to heaven, but you'll always carry that broken stuff. And the lies continue, and if we're not careful, we believe it, and a stronghold is built. Because if it conflicts with the word of God, it's going to create a stronghold in our life. Back to Zechariah before we close. Right to the end of that chapter, verse 62. The little boy, boy's born. It's a big happy moment. This baby boy is there, and all his friends come around. Verse 62, I, this is one of the funny verses in the Bible. Have a look at it. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. Newsflash. <laughs> he was mute, not deaf. <laughs> and the first syllable sounds like. And, 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 he, and the Bible actually, this is really funny, because the Bible says he asked for a writing tablet. The Bible doesn't say what he said, but you know what I reckon he would have said? I'm not deaf, you idiots. <laughs> and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. And they said, look, look at this. And imme- see, when, when his confession lined up with the word of God, immediately, say immediately, immediately his mouth was open, and his tongue set free. His name is John. There's a synchronizing going on between what's God's word in my heart, on my lips. Boom! Now it's miracle time. Now we've clarified the identity. No longer there's stronghold. No longer is there room for the enemy to get in. Now grace is beginning to go ahead of salvation. This is a brand new season in God. I think it's time for you and I to understand that there is power in our words. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 18, the power of life and death is where? In our tongue. That's what I love about the environment and the culture of Horizon Church. It's full with encouragement. People come alive in environments like this. Parents, listen to me. Remember that movie, "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids." I see parents do that every day. With the confessions we have over wasted time, accident at birth. I love talking to dads. One of my missions in life is to help men help their kids. So be careful with the power of your tongue. So you and I. We need to learn a lesson from a fishmonger called John West. It's the fish John West rejects that makes John West the best. Stuff he says no to. Somebody says this on Twitter, who cares? If you actually do an original study of the word Twitter, in the Greek it means septic tank. Stay out of it. stay out of it who cares what who cares what nameless people that aren't invested in your future say about you Come on, we've got to start rejecting what what Hollywood is saying about us. We've got to stop rejecting some some of the stuff that, the nicknames. some of us are living under the bondage of nicknames people gave us. Some of us are living under the weight of what some teacher in a throwaway line in some science class said, time to shake it off. Because if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, that voice has to be nullified. It's got nothing to say to you and your identity. You are complete in Christ. You're already who you need to be. Right. I got broken bits. Yeah, we all do. We all do. We live on a fallen planet. And Humpty fell. There's a little bit of Humpty in all of us. We've got a God who restores and renews. And what He wants what He wants us to do is, is see the emergence of a generation that just know, I, I know who I am. And I, I, I'm not beholden to your assumptions, to your nicknames, to your lies. And let me tell you, my life is filled with possibilities when I grab a hold of what Jesus says about me, when the Word says about me. The, Bi- the Bible actually, you know, I love this. Ephesians 2.10 says, you are God's workmanship. This is amazing. Created in Christ. Ready for this? For good works which He prepared in advance for you to do. Newsflash, you're a pre-planned miracle just waiting to happen. Start living it and you'll become that when you embrace the miracle of the Word of God and step into who you are. When you embrace truth. See, you know how an argument ends? One voice gives up. And when you embrace truth and shut the lie. We're gonna start recognising the source of some stuff that's getting into here and shut it down. Like Zechariah, sorry, you've got nothing to say. Nothing to say. And we begin to declare the truth. This morning we were prophesying over valleys of dry bones. Tonight we're gonna begin to, to embrace what God says about us our own soul. Let me give you a few. John 1.12 says, I am His child. Colossians 2.10, I'm complete in Him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, I'm a new creation. Ephesians 2.10, I'm His workmanship. Romans 8.37, I'm more than a conqueror. How about, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm healed, I'm free, I'm loved. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord Say so. We need to begin to declare it. You start declaring what the Bible says about you, it's gonna nullify what others say about you. And you're gonna walk with a different walk. Weight's come off. You're gonna begin to discover what it means to have one who is the glory and the lifter of your head. You have been set free. You're a child of the living God. That's who you are. And when we begin to declare that, whoa. An identity restored means a future's unlocked. Yes. And the world needs God's people yes. 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 to walk with kindness and boldness, yes. with yes. grace and mercy. Yes. Not apologising for who we are, I'm not sure who I am, I'm not sure if I should be here. No, 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 no. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. You can't be bold if you don't know who you are. You'll always apologize for being there. I'm meant to be. You've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And when you know who you are, you'll step into that space. So, tonight, I want to read this over you one more time. Because I want to see arguments cease. Some of us are walking through life trying to smile, but the buzz. Somebody said this on my Instagram post, and the pressures on me, just shake it off. Say no. Speak it over your life every morning. Declare it. 2 Corinthians 5. We demolish arguments. (laughs) Boom! We demolish arguments and Every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. It's where it all starts. Every thought. And we make it obedient to Christ we put a wrecking ball through those strongholds and we walk in the freedom that Jesus died for us to have. Come on, stand to your feet and begin to give Him praise. You guys have been doing a good job leading us and we, come on. My prayer for you tonight is there is a restoration of an identity of who we are in Christ. We are who the Bible says we are. We're not what any other voice says we are. If it conflicts, it's an argument. It needs to be shut down. We take captive that stuff and we cast it down in Jesus' Name. We're gonna pray for each other in a moment. This team's gonna lead us in worship and I want you just to open your hearts. My prayer is tonight, Paul prayed. He prayed for the Ephesian church. He said, I pray for you. that The eyes of your understanding would be open. My prayer for you is your understanding. There would be a revelation of who you are in Christ. Because when you know who you are in Christ, nothing can, you're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. You're you're gonna go into university classes and they're gonna fill your head with all sorts of humanistic junk. And you're gonna go, okay, I'm gonna sit here because I wanna pass the exam because I'm gonna change the world. But you know what? That conflicts with truth. And so it's a lie, I'll I'll go through this, but you know what? It's not gonna stop me. You're gonna step into boardrooms and you're gonna step into classrooms and you're gonna step into workplaces, into families and and not "Not sorry I'm here. No, I know who I am in Christ. I'm complete in Him. I've got something to say because I know who I am. My prayer for you is the eyes of your understanding would be open to understand who Jesus is and then understand who you are because of Him. Come on, give Him praise. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.